I think we're going to see some uh, some familiar faces that we haven't thought about in a long time. <laughs> some names, you know, that uh, you're like, oh, yeah, this guy. Yeah, he was out of the league three years ago, but here he is now playing 18 minutes a night for the Clippers. Yeah, welcome back, OJ Mayo. You did it, buddy. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we have technical difficulties. Yeah, we actually going to start off with that. I thought we were going to pretend like that didn't happen. No, no, no. We're going to acknowledge it because you know what? For we're here. real? Maybe You're not. Gonna re- are you really going to try to edit a three minute conversation that yeah, you know what? it wasn't a good story multiple times you were not i will recap the story right here no right no, no, now. no 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 i was writing my bike i got it we got it got it he hit his already threw up it, you guys are better off than you didn't hear uh, that's all you need to know maybe, maybe we will edit it out i don't know i'll decide you later don't need that front part uh, that's literally three minutes of nothing Welcome back, y'all. This is NBA. After a two-week hiatus, we are back for episode 154. I'm your host, Jake Hiles, a.k.a. Limoncello Ball, bringing it back to one of my original puns. My brother from the West Coast, introduce yourself, sir. Hello, it's Nick Hiles, a.k.a. La Marshmallow Ball. Nice, nice. And my brother with Left Melanin, introduce yourself, sir. Hey, what's up? It's Tad. No AKs this week. You'd think with two weeks to come up with one, uh, I'd have something. But we, I also didn't even know if we were recording this week. So, like, I just didn't, you know, take any time. I was trying to come up with something off of Scott Pollard. But I think Scott Pollard, like, just referencing Scott Pollard in and of itself is funny enough. You know, the guy with the bleach blonde hair and the dark black goatee. But, you know, here, here we are. Yeah. He did rock the shit out of that Fu Manchu. Ooh, like he ooh, ooh. Really How about this? Crushed it. I, I got one. I got one. <laughs> Scott Normal Pollard, find a new slant. <laughs> what? You remember that reference? Pretty good. I mean, like, you kind of got me in it to know Come that. Come like, This podcast, you know That's that. a good that's, inside that's, NBA It's reference. funny to me. I know it's funny to the average person. It's funny to it's me. It's a regular, I, I, it's I, a regular I mean, I, collar. Find a new, find a new slant. <laughs> Yes, it's you know what it makes the joke really funny when you have to explain it. Yeah, thanks well, for Jay was looking at me thing. like he didn't know what the I fuck is going on. I get it now. I get it now. It's Do a thinker. You? It's a thinker. Uh, I'm okay. usually pretty quick. So, uh, that one from, from what I'm hearing is I just need a smarter audience then, and then more people <laughs> will find my funny my yeah, shit funny. That's, like that's the problem. You're just talking to a bunch of Neanderthals. That's that's the. Problem. I feel like I must be. Oh, I thought God. that was an easy reference. Yeah, you got it over. It was over my head, guys. I thought we were going to be able to take like a little vacation considering how much content we did during the, uh, during the lockdown. But uh, the NBA has decided we're going to get right back into it, boys. Uh, they voted what? I think a week and a half ago now that uh, the season will start on December 22nd. We're going to have a 72 game season. There's some escrow shit being discussed. Salary cap stuff being discussed. Free agency starts next week and the draft also is next week. Now, the draft we already knew, but free agency starting on the 20th and the season starting on the 22nd. Who What? We've only had like not even a full 70 days between when the championship happened and when the new season starts. So I'll start with you, Tad. Thoughts? Is this too early? Is this crazy? A lot of DNP coaches' decisions. A <laughs> yeah, lot so. of load management. So much. He- it's going to be a weird season. Not only that, but like I was thinking about this the other day. Like, think about all the injuries that happened during the bubble. Like, Jaron Jackson's not going to play this year. Now, granted, 
he may have not played anyways under normal circumstances, but like he's definitely not playing this season. So now we're going to lose him for the entirety of the season. Jonathan Isaac, he's not coming back. There was quite a few injuries that happened during the bubble, even like minor ones, like guys that we're just not going to see. And also what's really interesting is like the amount of guys that opted out to the bubble. I wonder how many of those carry that over. Like I imagine Trevor Ariza probably plays, but like, are we going to get every Bradley back? I don't know. There's just a lot of question marks. It's just so rapid. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's probably too early. I mean, look at the NFL. Like, look at how many guys are getting hurt in the NFL because they had, like, no turnaround time before uh, the season started. The one positive here is that, like, they had, like, the long break, obviously, between last season and then the bubble. Sure. And then, like, teams that didn't make the bubble sort of had their own. Sure. Uh, you know, they're like, you know, that, that, um, so it's not like guys are like the, the thing is, is it's, it's not a long enough time for a lot of guys who historically get out of shape to get out of shape and then like try to have to play themselves back into shape. So, sure. I mean, that's a positive, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's, I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, it's not ideal. Like I'm thrilled. I, I'm a, I love basketball. You know, like I want, I, yes, like this almost, this feels like fucking Christmas to me, basically. Cause I'm like, hell yeah, motherfuckers. I'm basically getting year round NBA. Um, but you know, like obviously it does present some risks to players. Like nobody's going to disagree with that. Um, at the end of the day though, it, it's not that crazy, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I think so, we all thought it was going to come like around mid January anyways. So like it's a month ahead of schedule. Nikki, what did you think when you found out the news? Go ahead. Do you have if you got more? Say one last thing. I was going to say to your point about mid January. I was honestly expecting like around Valentine's Day, like historically, like the All Star break is around then. Like that was sort of my anticipation. Um, So this is this is delightful news. Um, Well, it's going to be interesting. We'll see how it plays out. But sorry, Nikki, you can you can go ahead. No, it's quite all right. Uh, I was thinking. uh, Yeah, basketball. (laughs) Fucker. Son of a bitch. Uh, no, I was just like, I'm happy that basketball is coming coming back. That's great. Um, and like, I was like thinking, I was like, oh, is it bad? I was like, but you know, even with off season, there are players who play in the off season just to keep in shape the whole time. Anyways, sure, there are people who are cap- like will be fine. I get it. LeBron will probably take some some time off, you know. But other people have had large time off already and like you guys said they've already there's teams everyone who already played during the bubble pretty much have had their very very extreme summer camps and are now going to go back into playing again so those guys are already in shape and then all the teams who weren't in the bubble they've already been doing practices and playing against each other like doing their own scrimmages and everything that's all going to be like i think everyone's going to be healthy and they'll be fine I understand the complaints, but from my knowledge, it's mainly just Lakers players that are complaining about it. I mean, I yeah, LeBron definitely came out about it. I mean, like, I know LeBron, like, and I understand, like, LeBron's what, 35, so. right? Yeah. 35? Yeah, he's 35. He's playing his ass off to win a championship. I get it. But also, that's what Anthony Davis is for. He's 25 years old. He could keep going. He'll yeah. be fine. The, like, the other it, thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, it's like, I understand the complaints, but also they did have a very large time off and it's, they are going to be capable of working out and 
it's not like they were going to go on vacation anyways. I mean, I guess probably they could afford to do all that shit if they wanted to, but like, yeah, I'm there's sure not much. Them. What I'm trying to say is like, there's not much you can do now. You can go, I get you, you can go to a, a nice place with like family and friends and hang out at like a really cool like mansion out there and or go like rent a boat like Patrick Beverly did in, in the Cancun, all that stuff. I get it. But like, you weren't going to do a, like everything. So you were just going to have like a nice hangout at a house somewhere else. Yeah. So, it's not that big a deal if for one year of your career you uh, work more than uh, people in the past did. And I think Tad made a good point. Like most, most of this is this really only impacts a small group of, of a very players. small group of players. More, yeah. The more I think about it, like I mean, whatever. Like the teams that like, were in the semifinal. Do you know how much this is going to benefit Jokic? He's good. He's in playing shape. Yeah, he's good to go. Yeah, that's a tad, yeah, that's a, that's a fair yeah. point. Yeah, and that's like. He hasn't eaten ice cream sandwiches for dinner and dessert the last six weeks. Like, he's ready to go. I'm very excited. I also think, like, you know, LeBron can be upset, sure, because, like, I understand, like, the wear and tear and whatnot. But also, like, LeBron doesn't need those game checks, you know? Like, some of these, like, lower-paid guys, like, need the game checks, you know? And, like, they, you know, like a... a shortened season hurts them more than it far more than it impacts um, LeBron. You know, I don't know what the deal is. Like if, if salaries are, are being paid in full is if they're playing a full 82 game season or, or what the deal is, I would assume, I would assume the NBA or the, the NBA PA NBA P NBA PA, whatever it is. NBA. You know, the Players Association, uh, I should have just led with that, um, probably negotiated that they get they get full contracts. So, you know, good for them. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, these guys, like, you know, there are guys that LeBron makes 35 mil a year, you know, or whatever the fuck it is. I might be lowballing his contract to be completely transparent. Um, but, uh, you know, some of these guys who make, like, you know, one, two, three, four mil a year, like, they definitely need the checks more than uh, – you know, more than LeBron does. Um, and also to me, you know, if, if we're going to, you know, if that's going to be a problem, how about the league? Just why don't we just legalize HGH this season? Just let players use HGH. <laughs> I haven't heard that take anywhere else. That's a good one. No, I think it's, I think that's fair. And I think like my initial reaction was like, holy shit, that's really fast considering we just finished in like mid October or early October. But also, you know, if we need, if we're going to recoup revenue, the sooner the better getting a 72 game season is pretty impressive. And I think a lot of people have kindly kind of been on the, let's start the season right around Christmas anyway. So by doing this, this puts you in a position to keep this as the norm moving forward, where you start the season right around Christmas, as opposed to around Halloween and then finish, you know, in the deeper into the summer, like August. Right. So then you kind of open yourself up to all the, the, all the kids that are now out of school watching basketball during the day and, and potentially, you know, uh, opening it up to a, to a wider audience during the summer. Um, the one thing that's interesting, and this came out today is that, uh, the NBA is actually working on an agreement and safety protocols to allow for fans to actually attend the game. So right now it's, it sounds like they're agreeing to 25% capacity in stadiums, um, with a lot of different rules around like serving food and like they, they're not going to allow food or drink on the court. So there's going to be mass worn. There's going to be a lot of stipulations to that, but it's really interesting that they're actually going to have fans. I, I, I don't know if you guys caught any of that information, but thoughts on, uh, thoughts on the league allowing fans to attend these games, um, so soon. 
I think is a shit idea, but I understand you need money. Uh, but I have a very good feeling that once a high-profile player ends up accidentally getting sick from uh, some wild occurrence, boom, they're gone. I think by like mid January they're probably gone. Yeah, I mean not to get not to get unless politics, unless but... things quote unquote get better, but we just hit two hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand cases in one day, so we're we're probably not doing too hot. I mean the reality is is like again not to get into politics, but like with the 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 new incoming president, like there is some potential for um. Did he some, win? Some, uh, yeah. Remember, we celebrated on Saturday. We went crazy. Wow, someone, we, I swear, you took, God, your, those, you took your shirt off. No, but I know. But off. then, but then I was watching the news, and those two people that worked for Trump said that that wasn't true. That you didn't take your shirt off? I witnessed it. No, no, no. That he lost. Am I not supposed to believe them? Yeah, I wouldn't believe that. But you can definitely Ooh. believe that Nikki took his shirt off in public, mm-hmm. sprayed champagne all over his wee little body. In we were public, hiking. It was crazy. <laughs> we weren't we hiking. Were hiking. It was different. That was a different day. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for the season to come back. I think we were all kind of like not really sure what to do in this downtime. We're going to be doing a lot of podcasts. I hope you guys are fucking ready um, in short order. But I don't know. I'm excited. Um, the free agent thing is going to be weird. There's going to be a lot of move. I don't see. Here's the thing that I don't know. And Tad, I'll ask you this. Like, do you anticipate there's going to be a lot of player movement or very little player movement? I think little player movement. I think like given all of the the stuff going on um like well you know covid um and like you know some of the like <clears throat> political upheaval that we're currently experiencing in this country um i think a lot of guys are probably like you know what the thought of moving just uh, like doing something different doesn't seem that appealing i i think a lot of guys are going to stay put um i could certainly be dead wrong um but to me, that that seems like the most logical way uh, that it goes. I think we're going to have a relatively uh, quiet free agency this season. Which, to be frank, there's not a ton of there's not a ton of of of, of players that like I give a fuck whether they go anywhere or not. Quite yeah. frankly, there's, there's a couple guys that like you know Christian Wood, Fred Van Fleet. Like, there's definitely some guys that are unrestricted free agents. There's a lot of guys on player options. Um, now the one thing that I think could potentially be happening is a lot of trades, like with the draft, the way it looks, and we'll talk about that here shortly, um, with the draft kind of coming and the teams are at the top of the draft. Like there's a a lot of potential trades there. There was some rumors last week that San Antonio and Golden State were talking about a swap for the number two pick and LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, so there's like, there's a lot of rumors. There's some rumors coming uh, about recently about CP three and Russell Westbrook. So I think if there's going to be any player movement, I think I tend to agree with Tad where from a, like the re- the restricted free agents, I don't anticipate a lot of guys leaving. Um, as a free agent, like I don't anticipate Fred Van Fleet ending up back in Toronto. Christian Wood probably gets locked down by Detroit, um, and then a lot of these other guys. It's, it's really going to be whether or not they decide to opt into their contract. And to Tad's point, it's like it's kind of a weird time to move. Like kind of got to secure the bag while you have while you can. So um, it's going to be interesting. Free agent, and it's going to happen so fast. Like free agency usually takes like months. And like most of these teams have to have their rosters wrapped up within three weeks, r- relatively speaking. Like yeah. there's always there's going to be some guys that get signed like after the first month yeah. and a half of the season. And honestly, a lot of these guys are probably going to be like, "Fuck it, dude! Like I'm fucking tired. Like I'll wait until the two two month mark to sign with who I want to sign versus like getting a contract in place by day one or by you know game one." But uh, that that is what I'm most interested in. Is like how far into the season are some of these guys going to sign? 
um, you know, or how, how far into the season before some of these guys sign that, that I'm really interested in. Yeah. It, I think we're going to see some, uh, some familiar faces that we haven't thought about in a long time. <laughs> some names, you know, that uh, you're like, Oh yeah, this guy. Yeah, he was out of the league three years ago, but here he is now playing 18 minutes a night for the Clippers. Yeah, welcome back, OJ Mayo. You did it, buddy. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Let's move on to the next subject. Um, Say this NBA 2K13. My friends and I, like, we'd like be pre gaming before we'd go out, and what we'd always do is play, like, it's called NBA, it's a blacktop. I don't know what the current iteration is. I haven't had it owned a 2K game since like 15. Blacktop. Um, but you, you just, you draft teams and you play to 21. It's like a ones and two street ball sort of thing. And I would just murder cats with OJ Mayo. He had this unbelievable little prospect, a crossover step back move that you just couldn't miss. Oh, Lodi. I would love to see OJ Mayo come back. That would make me so <laughs> happy. That's it. Um, that was my thing. Oh, quick. Actually, you know what you mentioned too? Um, the like we're gonna have a lot of podcasts coming out so programming note this is uh i'm gonna put it to you guys we live potty are we gonna do a live potty for the uh the draft or are we gonna do a post-draft podcast i think the listeners want to know that that's a great question we should we talk discuss about that when is I'm it definitely open to both um historically we've done it live yeah let's talk about it i'm definitely interested in that we could even stream that shit um, we do yeah. have a Twitch channel. I mean, we have a Twitch Ooh, channel. That's true. <laughs> and Nikki, for uh, it, it is a week from today. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, from a scheduling standpoint. Yeah. Um. All right. Next topic. Um. Not long after, much like uh, much like the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, Doc Rivers. Not long after stepping down as GM of the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey has found himself in Philadelphia with Doc Rivers taking over as president of basketball operations, uh, basically rendering Elton Brand as the number two in Philadelphia. Probably a good call. Um, And he has now taken over the front office in Philadelphia. Nikki, we'll start with you. Um, What sort of impact do you think Daryl stands to make in Philadelphia? Um, I'm wondering if this is going to be – one of those situations where a trade actually happens where they're going to be like, let's get rid of some of the large men that we have on our team uh, to make some more space creators. Cause they're like that, that whole Philly team is so clogged up. I, and you know that that is not Maury style. Maury ball is not about that shit. Yeah. I'm interested to see. There's a couple things about that Philly situation in in the the new state that I'm interested in. Number one is what is Doc going to do with Ben Simmons? There's been a lot of conversations about them looking for a point guard and kind of taking him off ball a little bit more uh, and met, having him kind of play a more traditional four rather than having him play the point guard uh, position in, in kind of the way that he has been or he did under Brett Brown. The other thing, and to Nikki's point, Daryl Moore is not afraid of a trade. Daryl Moore is not afraid of shaking things up, shaking up a roster, doing things that are unpopular, one of the things that we talked about, and Tad, I'd love your opinion on this. I I tend to agree with Nikki. I think there's a very real possibility that midway through the season, Joel Embiid is no longer a 76er. What says you, Mr. Hall? I think there's a non-zero chance. I don't know that it's going to happen. I'm not going to sit here and 
That's not going to be my my preseason hot take by any means. I'll come up with something. Excuse me. Sorry. Long day. It's only five <laughs> o'clock. Um, so dark. Uh, what a week. What a week I say to myself at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. No, I know. But I was I was just saying like um, for oh. purposes of the joke. Um, My bad. No, that, that's okay. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a real possibility. What's interesting to me, and like I said it on this very podcast and clearly was wrong, that Elton Brand would also be gone, but Daryl Morey clearly wanted to keep him around. little head scratching to me, um, considering that team is far worse than it was when he took it over. I mean, I'm not I, like if you sit here and tell me that you think the Philadelphia 76ers are a championship contender, get the fuck out of this room. They're not. They're simply put, they're not. Um, man, all those years of trust in that damn process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's an interesting thing. Is like, like Hanky is a he's, he's a Daryl Morey guy. So like, it's not. It's going to be interesting to see how they approach the draft, how they approach free agency, and like, he's going to move some of these bad contracts, man. Like, I don't know that Tobias makes it through the season. Like I, I think you could get some real pieces for Tobias for a team that like needs a guy who's going to give them eighteen to nineteen points a game. Like there's teams out there that would gladly bring to, Tobias Harrison to give them a little scoring punch, um, and give him like a, you know, kind of a greater role than he has in Philly, similar to what he was doing in LA when he was a Clipper. Tobias Harris' contract is the worst contract since Rashard Lewis. <sighs> Worse than John Wall. I mean, John Wall's at, injured. At, I don't at know least, if I count at least, that. at least, John no, Wall is yeah, a. That's what I'm saying. Least, and his his contract is backloaded as fuck. At least John Wall is like to some degree like a transcendent player that you could generally build a team around. Tobias Harris what? is not. And the Orlando what? Otis Smith made Rashard Lewis the highest paid player in the NBA at one point. And Tobias Harris and Rashard Lewis play a pretty similar game. Um I still so, think John Wall uh, has that, the worst contract in the NBA. Yeah, Jamal or Jamal, sorry, John Wall. John Wall. I, saw, Jamal. I tried to say I tried to say both, and somehow turned it into Jamal. Jamal. Not, not sure how that happened, but I mean, Jamal. John Wall's contract is fucking terrible. I mean, the Wizards yeah. are in just a terrible position for the foreseeable future, and you know, whatever it is, what it is. But at the same time, you give a contract like that to a guy like John Wall because you're like. Hey, like he's had some pretty good seasons. Like maybe the best is still ahead of him. And also, like if you're ever going to be a, a destination for you know key or franchise players, like you have to pay the guys that you have that are you know your star players. So like I understand that, but like I mean, man, like from a statistic standpoint, like I want to be clear: this is from a statistic standpoint and not from an overall impact on the game. Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris do not have wildly different statistics and Jimmy Butler is 10 times worth the amount of money that Tobias Harris has than Tobias Harris got. So oh, for sure. I, I yeah. like Tobias Harris, man. Like Tobias Harris was like when after, after the Dwight Howard trade in Orlando, like Tobias Harris was like the one like little silver lining that we had. So like, I always will have a soft spot for him, but like, I mean, dude ain't worth 20 plus million a year. He's just not, no. he's simply not. No, it's a timing thing for him. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Daryl Morey is, I mean, we talked about this on the last episode that we did, but like in terms of transcendent NBA front office officials, he's at the top of the list. Um, Philly's going all in, man. They're not fucking around. They went to go get one of the best coaches on the market. They got one of the best like operations guys and front office guys on the market. Arguably the best, depending on who you ask. Like it's they're they're going in on something this season, and I I foresee in a couple months some major shakeups 
there. Obviously, there's been a lot of rumors about James Harden. I could see a world where Houston trades for Joel Embiid in exchange for James Harden and, and maybe some picks and whatnot. But there's there's a real chance that James Harden, and we'll talk about Houston here shortly, um, is not in Houston. And I think Joel Embiid is probably the – if I'm picking – well, I'll ask you guys. Between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I know my answer is probably getting rid of Joel Embiid. Who are you Who are you getting rid of between the two if, if, I, if I give you the choice? Nikki, we'll start with you. I actually think I'm getting getting rid of Ben Simmons um, because I think a combination of like Joel Embiid and James Harden would go very well together. That's a good pick and roll situation and because Joel Embiid, he is himself said he's not the best shooter, but he's still capable of spreading the floor. Uh, and he does good down low. There are a couple plays where, you know, you can get James Harden to just give him the ball down low, let him work. But then there's also plays where they can do a little bit of movement. Uh, you got to have to get Joel Embiid to move sometimes. I know he, sometimes he doesn't move as much on the offensive end, but I think that's a good combination. And Joel Embiid could help out with, you know, some of James Harden's defensive falls sometimes. Ted? I'd probably get rid of Joel Embiid. Um, it's, I think there, <laughs> there's two, I mean, like I, I have good reasons for why you'd get rid of both, but what kind of won out for me is that in today's iteration of the NBA, you do need an elite playmaker. And quite frankly, like that's what Ben Simmons is. Yeah. He can't shoot for shit. And, um, you know, that obviously like really negatively impacts his value, but at the same time, like the big knock on Joel Embiid is like Joel Embiid tends to like disappear from games at times and like there are times where certainly like the Phillies don't get or the Phillies sorry the 76ers don't <laughs> give yep the Phillies don't, don't give him the ball um I was trying to decide if I was going to say Phillies or 76ers and then I just called them the baseball team um but uh, they um there are certainly times where they they don't they don't give him the ball and he like instead of like you know being like demanding of the ball and and you know like those kinds of things like he just sort of sulks and then he kind of disappears and then he just starts launching threes. Um, and like that has like a, a, a negative impact on, on those games. Um, so it's close for me, but I think I'd keep Ben Simmons. I think like just the playmaking ability is just something, frankly, you, you need, you have to have at this point. Yeah. I mean, like that's been a, like there, there are certainly other issues than this in, in Orlando, but like one of Orlando's biggest struggles and, and something that I'm frustrated with as an Orlando fan is we, we don't have a playmaker. Like we don't have any, like we don't have a, a, a we don't even have a good playmaker, let alone an elite one. And Ben Simmons is an elite playmaker. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's just, I think that's, that's what it comes down to for me. I agree with Tad. And I think Nikki, everything you said about Joel Embiid, you could absolutely say for Ben Simmons. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. You can do yeah. a lot of pick and roll with him, and in both directions, might I add. And James Harden can absolutely pick. And granted, we're we're projecting a trade that hasn't even happened, or or yeah, there's been it's very, the most rumored one though. Yeah, some very lukewarm takes on, on that. Because also, but, it's not like Russell Westbrook's coming through. He's rumored for L.A. or New York. Yeah, which is I definitely want to talk about that. Although I did realize I forgot to add something to the rundown, so I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. Speaking of Houston and head coaches and people in Houston, Mike D'Antoni is the assistant coach in Brooklyn for Mr. Steve Nash. What? Yeah. What? Um, Nikki, we'll start with you. When you found out the news about Mark D- uh, Mike D'Antoni and Amari Stoudemire, for that matter, joining Steve Nash's uh, staff, what were your thoughts? Uh, the Suns are back. 
Here we go. <laughs> I'm very excited. I actually hope five, that the, five seconds or less nets. Yeah, I told you, man. No, he said it. It's it's nothing but threes and under three. That's it. Fuck everything. Everybody, run up, shoot a three. If you can get a rebound, kick it back out for a three. After that, go play some D. It's a really interesting. It's a really interesting hire. It's a really interesting career move for Mike D'Antoni. Um, I know Tad, we talked about this a little bit, but this, this, I mean, like to me, it felt like D'Antoni's like, I don't really love any of the jobs that are out there right now. I love my guys. I haven't been able to spend much time with them since we left Phoenix. It'd be great to spend a season with them in Brooklyn. And then next year I can pick from the jobs that are out there. Cause there will be opportunities for me to coach again. Um, would you agree with that? Do you think that's kind of where D'Antoni's maybe leaning? I think it's, I think it's a little bit of that. I also think it's a little bit of like, uh, you know, Mike D'Antoni's getting kind of, kind of old and like there's probably some degree of him being like oh what an ideal situation i can go be an assistant coach with one of my favorite players i ever coached maybe you know two of my favorite players i ever coached and uh you know i can just kind of uh, like i don't have all the responsibilities that i had coach i'm still around the game that i love i can still be you know heavily involved and and that kind of thing um and he can really you know help steve nash get his you know feet under him as a as a head coach and it, you know what a what a nice way to ride like that what a nice way to ride off into the sunset you know like what a nice way to to just kind of end um you know what has been a long and and wildly successful career i mean i realize he doesn't have the rings that like you know people want but like the guy was a pretty fucking good coach for a long fucking time um uh, yeah and so yeah, I think there's a little bit of a little bit of the like, uh, you know, there aren't there aren't any ideal coaching jobs that I want, and also a little bit of a like, you know, hey, this is a good way to just kind of end my career. Yeah. No, I, I honestly like that Brooklyn Nets staff. Like, it's just a fun ass. Like, it's just a fun story. Like, the seven seconds or uh, or less Suns getting together in Brooklyn, all coaching together, like bringing a little bit of that Suns culture to Brooklyn to a team that definitely needs some structure and culture with guys like Kyrie and KD. And I think Kyrie and KD really respect that team and those guys. And like, it's a really, it's a fun group of coaches. Um, and I'm, 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 I mean, I'm definitely heating up and warming up on the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets and what's to come this season. It's, it's super exciting to Nikki's point, And I did want to transition to this. Um, Houston hired their head coach, Paul Silas's son, um, Steven Silas. He was an assistant under Rick Carlisle in Dallas, well-respected amongst the league's coaches as, as a, uh, you know, a, uh, a very promising young coach, definitely an interesting hire. I think uh, considering what Houston expectations are or at least what we assume their expectations are since that hire there's definitely been a lot of stories coming out of houston today namely that uh russell westbrook is very likely on the block um along with james harden but really russell um and it seems like there's some teams uh namely the clippers the knicks and the lakers to name a few um that are interested so tad we'll start with you um question one do you think russell be um, on Houston at the end of this coming season and question two do any of those teams in particular strike you as a team that would make sense for a one Russell Westbrook so number one I do not think Russell Westbrook is a uh is is a, a Houston Rocket but by the end of the season number two I think Russell Westbrook is a New York Nick by the end of the season <laughs> I, I, it just, it just screams like all those things make so much sense. It, it, it just feels right. I don't know it what does. it is. It just, oh no, I know exactly what it is. It's a man who is uh, a walking field goal attempt who is just going to constantly 
he's he's got that like fire and that rah rah that New York loves, but he's not going to win, which New York does <laughs> not do. Um, and I mean, look, you can look at their football teams. You can do it. Just turn around. Just look at the lawyers that they bring. Anyways, it, sorry, that's a very specific joke. What? Again, I should I got to play to my audience. Anyways, um, I. It, it not only is it fitting, it makes me it makes me want the Knicks to sort of convince Carmelo to come back even more. <laughs> a, a team of Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, but Mitchell. No, they'd probably trade Mitchell Robinson because he's a pretty you'd good player. You'd have you'd to. You'd have to. I was about to say it. I was like, nope, he's gone. Yeah. You get to keep uh, Kevin Knox though in his <laughs> Fortnite jacket. Um. Yeah, I I think it it seems very fitting, and I actually it would be really very does. excited to see really him does. there. I I agree. I think uh, like he definitely seems like he would play in some Tims. <laughs> You're so stupid. That 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 Houston situation is is shaky as hell, um, and I think there's a lot of potential for them to blow that thing up and just kind of start from scratch. I think Fertitta is making some interesting moves. Daryl Morey leaving is definitely telling of the situation some of the stuff that's coming out of their camp with Harden and Russ not really wanting to be there anymore I I foresee a situation where that thing is blown up by the end of the season and and Russ for sure and maybe even James Harden are on different teams by the end of the season I want to say this I think the coaching hire of Steven Silas I applaud that move I, I think I don't know how good of a head coach he's going to be. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I think he's going to be some like, you know, world-class head coach, but dude, so many fucking teams just recycle shitty coaches all the fucking time and it never works. And I mean, it's like when Orlando brought back like Scott Skiles, it was like, dude, Scott Skiles has sucked everywhere he's been like, stop fucking hiring this dude as a head coach. Um, It's like fucking Alvin Gentry going to the Pelicans. Like Alvin Gentry has never been a successful head coach. He's never going to be a successful head coach. Like that's just the reality of the situation. That's fine. Like not everybody can be an incredible NBA head coach. Like that's just, there there are 30 jobs and there are about six really good head coaches Um, and like two like elite coaches, you know, like, so like, I get it, but at the end of the day, like, at some fucking point, like, stop hiring guys, stop recycling bum-ass head coaches, and, like, hire a young guy who's been around the game his entire life, you know, has, like, learned from his father, who was a pretty average NBA yeah, head coach. He was, he was definitely <laughs> but, but, like, you know, like, let's not go sins of the father here thing, right? And, um... I mean, like, yeah, I applaud it. Like, hire a young up-and-comer and, and, like, you know, like, give it a fucking chance as opposed to, you know, like, like, there are some head coaches, like, Stan Van Gundy is certainly deserving of another head coaching job, and I'm happy that he landed in New Orleans. Like, good for him. Like, he definitely deserves one. You know who doesn't deserve another head coaching job? Mark Jackson. Like, let's not hire Mark Jackson. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) there's just, there's just so many, like, uh, like, there are plenty of coaches that deserve another chance, but there's so many that, that just fucking don't. And, like, good for them for hiring an unknown. It doesn't always work out. I mean, Orlando hired Jock Vaughn from the Spurs and that was fucking terrible. Granted, we had an God awful roster, so he was pretty much set up to fail. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, to me, great. Good. Good for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, Another trade that we heard some rumors about, even Woj reported this last night, um, Phoenix and OKC are engaging in conversations to bring Chris Paul 
to Phoenix to pair with Kelly Oubre and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Um, Tad, we'll start with you. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last night via text. Um, thoughts on CP3 and Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, what a, what a good move. I'm a fan of CP3 wherever he goes. CP3 makes oh, for the team sure. better. Makes the sure. team better. He's yeah. a leader. Good. You know, the, the thing about Chris Paul is like, if that guy could just be on a new team every two or three years, it'd be great for him and the team he goes to play for. Because he instills yeah. some leadership quality and he won't be there long enough for everybody to fucking hate him. Right. You know, obviously, like, you know, there's there's nothing confirming that this is like, uh, you know, uh, like officially going to happen or, or that, you know, CB3 is... Uh, like on the move, um, you know, or, or like, you know, obviously like champs is a, a reliable source, but you know, we can't say for certain that this, this move is going to happen until one sure. of the teams comes out and denies it. And then we'll know he's going, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean like that, that's, a, that's a good move for a young team that looks like they're poised to, to, to start the climb, you know? And, yeah, man. I mean, like, why wouldn't a guy like Devin Booker want to have Chris Paul in the locker room? And you know who fucking needs Chris Paul in the locker room is DeAndre Ayton's bum ass. Like, that guy is such a fucking talented player, but he needs someone like Chris Paul to get his fucking head on straight. He and was, I, I he think was solid down the stretch last year. I like he was I liked good. Him. He was good, but I'm saying there's like some maturity stuff that needs sure, to happen there. Sure. And like, let's let's you know, let's not be too judgmental because he's only 21 years old, and I was a fucking absolute shithead at 20. I'm a shithead at 29. I'm turning 30 in two months, and I'm still a shithead. So like, I get it. The thing is, I'm not paid millions of dollars to play NBA basketball. So. Yeah. I think it would be really beneficial for him. And that team overall is pretty, pretty young. So, yeah, bringing in a, a, like, there's a lot to be said about having a veteran presence in a locker room. There's so much more to be said about having an elite veteran presence in the locker right. room. You know, right. there's there's a there's a big difference, um, you know, between having a, a, a guy like Chris Paul versus a guy like David West. You know, like yeah. David West obviously played for those Warriors teams. And he, you know, David West is a, was a great player. Uh, but David West is not an elite player who like commands as much respect as a guy like Chris Paul does, frankly. So I think it goes a long way. I think if they make that move, like I think, I think it benefits all sides, frankly. Yeah. The thing that I like most about this is teams, teams will be vying for Chris Paul's services in, in this short window that we have to start mm-hmm. the season. There are many teams that could use him. Um, and he's clearly going to be on the move. Like he's going somewhere. I forgot to mention this when we talked about the season starting, but if there's a team that's like eager for the season to start, it's probably that eight and Phoenix suns team that left the bubble. That's probably ready to get back on the court. Cause they, they looked like a team that is ready to take the next step. They're a team that has been in disarray for years now and getting Chris Paul, there would be a major step in the right direction for that team. I think there's obviously some other suitors, Milwaukee, uh, Miami, the Lakers, like there's plenty of teams and suitors, for his services. Um, I was going to say this earlier too, like the Clippers came up for Russell Westbrook. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. No. You had enough problems last year. Don't do that. Yeah, um, Nikki thoughts, thoughts on CP three going to Phoenix or anywhere. I guess well, Phoenix uh, in particular, uh, look Phoenix in particular. It's bye bye Ricky Rubio. I hope he enjoys. OKC. Um, his Many people have called Oklahoma City. The Barcelona of the U.S. So, <laughs> sure, he'll be I'm right at sure. home. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I legit think that would be great. I mean, um, fucking 
CB, like you guys already said, CB3 is going to elevate every team. And he's going to make all those guys better. And then after like a year or two, they'll, they'll ship him off to wherever uh, LeBron is, which I'm assuming will still be LA. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think that's what will happen. And I think that'll be a, a fun, uh, fun little stepping stone for him. CP3 definitely seems like a traveler uh, in his NBA career. He's, yeah, he's going to keep a, traveling. He's going to have a couple stops like Shaq at the end it of his is, career. Is, that's is, much more it? successful. Isn't it weird? Yeah, to think much it, more successful. Isn't it weird to think about that? Like Chris Paul has been on. If he ends up in Phoenix, that'll be his fifth team. Yeah, and there have been a lot of guys that play basketball at Chris Paul's level over the last mm, almost two decades or so that have moved teams a lot. Thirty years ago, twenty-five years ago, like that shit doesn't really happen, and like that's like where we've gotten as an NBA is like. As, as a league basically is like yes these guys like chris paul is a, is a superstar chris paul is yeah. a top 15 player yeah. in the nba 100 and the dude's about to be on his fifth team like yeah several, like you know 30 years ago that was fucking unheard of yeah and he's kind and of a higher just like, there's a lot of those really uh, he really is i mean he, he and a lot of those like, like elite veteran players are they they end up being that way and it's it's really interesting when you when you like really yeah. think about it yeah all right um i know we got to get Going pretty soon here, so we'll wrap up with the last topic of the night. The draft is happening a week from today. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do you guys feel confident in uh, who's going number one? Nikki, we'll start with you. We've, we've talked about this a lot. There are reports everywhere, and all the mock drafts look completely different. Nikki, uh, do you feel confident? Who's going number Hell one? Hell no. I got no. I got no damn clue. Anthony Edwards recently said he'd love to play in Minnesota. Uh, That's a weird thing to say, but okay. Um, There, I have heard reports that Minnesota wants to trade for Atlanta's sixth overall pick. So that way they would have two in the lottery. I also have heard that they want to trade out of the first overall pick so they can get a player to help them win now. A la CP three. I don't actually think anything that's going to happen. What I'm saying is like, what? Not even CP3 can say that team. <laughs> yeah, probably not. No. Um, yeah, I, I have no clue what they're going to do. It's Minnesota. You can't. What I think is going to happen is Minnesota is going to choose, like, they're going to choose Anthony Edwards, and then for some weird reason, the Warriors are going to choose that Denny kid, and then that Denny kid becomes the second coming of LeBron James somehow because that's how luck works in the draft of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, so I think that's probably going to happen. I don't actually expect – I don't know what to expect, but it's probably going to be LaMelo. He's – everyone keeps saying he's number one. I don't think it's uh, going to be Wiseman. It's definitely not going to be Wiseman. They don't need no. him. Uh, that's Tad- the one I'm going to say like I know is not going to happen. Tad, leaning leaning towards anybody at that number one slot? Do you think Minnesota keeps the pick? <laughs> Excuse me. It's a bad draft. Hey, this is a bad draft. It's terrible. Uh, so terrible. I don't expect Minnesota to keep the pick. I don't. Yeah. Um, it's the right move. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Minnesota does. You know something that I would do if I was Minnesota? And I, I'm sure people are going to clown me for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I would package one overall this year and Carl Anthony Towns for somebody else's next two first rounders and like some young talent from them. That's what I would do. 
Number one, this year is not worth dick. It's not worth. It's not worth. It's not. Fucking, it's not worth anything. I don't so, know. If it's worth it's, like everybody's like, there's a, there's a case to be made Towns, that dude. You got it. You it's the the Carl Anthony Towns is part of the culture problem that they have in Minnesota, and so like you like you can't build around him. They can't build around any of the players that they currently have. They just simply can't. And and, and what a better time than to trade your one player who sells tickets in a season where you can't sell tickets. Well, I mean. I don't know what Minnesota's deal will be, but like oh, it was already going to be hard enough, and now you get rid of Cat, and you're going to sell zero tickets. Yeah, but who cares? This is a, this is a year where it's basically like a write-off year. Essentially, nobody's going to be so, selling them tickets. So who cares? Oh, like man. this is what what a year to do it. Um, it won't happen. We we know no. that. Like that's just simply not going to happen. Or should yeah. Um, should you know? I mean, at the end of the day, like, but like, if I'm a GM, if I'm if I'm Minnesota's GM, who I, don't, I honestly don't even know who it is these days. Um, <laughs> I'm shipping Carl Anthony Towns and number one for somebody's first round pick this year, their next two first round picks, and maybe a couple young players or some veteran players or, you know, some contracts that, uh, you know, won't mean dick after a couple years, like whatever. That's my move. Who's going to number one? I have no idea. Who's the best player in this draft? Killian Hayes. You can fucking take that to the bank. A lot of people think that. I know Kevin O'Connor from the ringer. Ricky O'Donnell has been pretty high on him. A lot of guys are high on Killian Hayes. It's uh, it's one of those drafts though, that like, you're probably better off drafting later than you are at the top because the the top is just like there's just nobody up there. I mean, fuck. Reports came out like going into the draft, everybody's like Anthony Edwards probably best player in this draft, and the reports came out last week. All of his workouts were really, really subpar. Terrible, yeah, really bad. But I, I don't judge really anybody off their workouts. I can give a fuck about their workouts. You can, you can and you can. I mean, people said that Carmelo's workouts were really bad too, which is why he ended up dropping to number three. But it's you know, I mean, it's number three, but still, like that shit happens. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's 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 such a toss up. I saw a draft that had Lamelo going one. I saw a draft that had him going nine. I saw a draft that had him going six. Like it's Ooh, the hell oh, had him going Lord nine. Guys. That's wild. Does uh, going late, late? Wow. Does Detroit win another championship with Carmelo? Probably right. Yeah, Possibly, I think. So. Yeah. But also, like, if you redraft that, they're drafting Dwayne Wade. They're not drafting Carmelo. Yeah. Like if you do it today, Dwayne Wade goes too. Sure. But I'm saying if they'd have done what they had, should have had, done had, yeah. and taken Carmelo, they probably won another championship. Here's what I'll say to that though. If they draft Melo, if they draft the Melo, LeBron goal, James, LeBron James doesn't beat them in that playoff series. And by all accounts, no, the Pistons go to the finals. That's not what I mean though. What I mean is by drafting Melo, you you lessen the Tayshon Prince role, and Tayshon Prince was a huge huge asset to that team but you have to find minutes for Melo if you draft him at number two and he's supposed to be the savior for that team so to play devil's advocate i think no i think no i think the result well, i think the you, results, i think you're i think you're wrong that's fair what are you gonna do all right no boys i know we gotta get out of here so <laughs> let's uh let's plug and let's get out of here you can follow me on twitter at tad hall underscore and you can follow me on instagram at tad dot hall you can follow me at Nikki Palooza. All right. And you can follow me at J underscore Keyless on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow NBA at NBA Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Make sure to give the podcast a five-star rating review. We'd greatly appreciate it. We will be back next week uh, to talk about the draft. Not sure if we're going to do it live or after the fact, but you will have a podcast in your feed this week and next week and probably the next week and then probably again the next week after that and the next week after that and the next week after that. Um, all right. Well, for Tad, for Nikki, for Jay, this has been NBA. We're out. Bye. Bye.